Klal Yisrael is really worried about you guys. Because when you have a mahalach, that when one kid in the family doesn't behave, so you throw them out of the house, even if it's wrong, but nobody worries about the other kids. But if you have a mahalach, that the kid who's doing bad, we're going to go, covered the Yedidis, with Ahava, and all of that, so then everybody says, uh-oh, what about the other kids? They're going to look at their brother or their sister, and they're going to say, wow, Tati, Mami are buying them TV and videos and iPhones and iPads and clothing and spending money and going on trips. I also want to go off the derech. And they're going to become, why, why are you laughing? That's what really big people say. Whenever I go to speak to a new person who doesn't know me, like a big gadol or a leader, or, they always tell me the same thing. What about the and the other kids? They're going to say, uh, they're going to get weaker in their Yiddishkeit. So really, everybody is so, the whole class is worried about you. So, do we have anything to worry about? Any, got anybody going off the derech here? Please raise your hand if you want to go off the derech. So why don't you want to be like your brother or your sister? Why not? Can you tell me? Because they're in pain. Because they're in pain. Oh, how do you know they're in pain? Everything that they do. So that's very helpful. If you know and you see that they're doing this because of pain, it helps a lot. You realize, okay, I don't want to be in pain. No, but there, there are people that are, that are more exposed that are not necessarily in pain. So how do you know the kid is not going to more exposed and not be in pain since he's healthy? The younger kid. Yeah. So you're saying is that so the younger kid is not in pain. He's going to see his brother is in pain. And maybe he's going to be exposed to that. Right? And then what's going to happen? He's going to get worse. That's what I'm asking. That's what everyone is worried about. So he's saying that when you know that your brother or sister is in pain, so then being exp- you're, not, you're not going to want to be like them. That's only for somebody who has Seichel. Oh, that's only for someone who has Seichel. How old are you? Ten. Ten. Okay. We have all ages here in this room. So that's the biggest worry, right? Maybe you're going to want to be like your... Do you want to be like your sister? No, you have to see his face. Because if you can, you come here a second. Can, can, can I use you as a prop? Could you come here around the table? Okay. Now, face everybody. <laughs> okay. Do you, you want to be like your sister? No. Okay. Well, I, if you if you're gonna be like your sister, I'm gonna tell your parents to buy you a big television. Do you want to be like your sister? Trading television is like trading my Yiddishkeit for a television, and that's really not worth it. Not worth it. Okay. Can we give him a round of applause? Okay, excellent. Okay, well, we can't help dummies. We can only help smart people. So the question is that we have this problem that people say, oh, so you're going to have in your house a guy who's getting the television, everything. Maybe the other kids are going to get shvach. Right? That's what everybody's worrying about you. So the first thing that we have to be very strong, we have to first realize that these people are really doing this because of pain. Sometimes we see it, and sometimes we don't see it. When you fight with them, you don't see it. We have parents who are fighting with their kids for 10 years, and you'll tell them, you know, your kid is in pain. And they'll say, what? Not in pain. They think if you're in pain, you sit down and you cry. It's not the way it works. If you're in pain, you're a teenager or a young adult, any age, really, you don't necessarily, you act out. You throw away everything and you, you, you have a breakdown. So we have to always remind ourselves that if I see it or if I don't see it, my brother, my sister, somebody who leaves Yiddishkeit is called in pain. 
whether it's like Abgershon Edelstein says Anusim, they're forced, whether a Chayla Nefesh, but they are in a matzav, they're in the ICU, they're in the psych ward. You have to remember that. Now here's where it gets confusing. If the medicine for them would be bitter, you wouldn't be jealous. If the medicine, let's say your brother has a terrible cough, and the parents have to spend $1,000 on medicine, you would say, fine, no problem, spend it. I don't want my, my brother to die. Yeah, $5,000 for medicine. Go ahead, spend it. And they go ahead and they buy medicine, and it's disgusting cough medicine. Makes you, the smell makes you... Ugh. So are you jealous? No. But your parents spend $5,000 on your brother. You're jealous? No. You go off to Derek, you get a cough. They're going to give you also money. You're jealous? No. But what if the, you go to the doctor with the kid who has a cough, and the doctor says, you know what the medicine is? You have to go to Disney World for a month. You have to go to Hawaii. You have to go to Puerto Rico. Okay? So then, all the other kids are going to be jealous. I also want to go to Puerto Rico. So how do I get this uh, lung uh, problem? How can I get pneumonia? I really want to get this pneumonia. It's hard. So let's understand. If the medicine for this kid who's having a breakdown and goes off the derech, right, which we understand is is, is because of pain, if the medicine was painful, you wouldn't be jealous. But the medicine that we have, which works really the best, is love and attention and gifts and presence and giving and friendship. So then it gets confusing to the younger kids. I also want some of that. I also want some of that good stuff. So first of all, we have to remember that even though it looks like it's good, it's medicine. Your parents are spending money that they don't have because they have to save this child. I want to tell you, I didn't tell it to the girls group, but this is a chushiva group of Tomide Chachomim. So I want to tell you, Arachayim HaKudosh. Arachayim HaKudosh is Akasha. Who ever heard in the history of the world that a father... He's worth $100 million, and he has two sons, and he gives one son $100 million, and the other son he gives zero. Did you ever hear of such a thing? Yeah. Don't be smarter than, than we're up to. Who? Where? Oh, smarty pants. So he asked the Kasha Lechaim Kudish, all of a sudden, Yitzchak had Bruchas. Bruchas were also Gashmis, Mital Shemayish, Bruchas were very valuable. They're worth $100 million. He has two kids. And he gives Esav everything. Right? He gave Yaakov, he thought it was Esav. And then when Esav came back in, he said, You don't have one bracha for me? Who does that? Which father gives all of his money to one kid? Why did Yitzchak give all of his bruchas to what he thought was Esav? Should have split it 50 50. You like this one more? 80 20, 90 10. You give this kid zero? Listen to Pshat. So the Archaim HaKudosh says, V'tam she'chafetz Yitzchak levarech es Esav. The reason why, because he knew this kid Yaakov, he's a good boy, he's sitting and learning, Ishtam Yashiv Oilim, he's, he's, he's a good, he's on the straight and narrow, he's, the whole Klai rule, the whole Klai rule comes from Yaakov. I don't have to worry about him. But this Esav is Fadar And I want to save my son. How am I going to save my son? If Esau would have become from, then what would happen? Klausel would be twice as big? More. Because think about how many Eden were killed by, by, by Esau's all the centuries. 
Kaisel would be ten times as big. You know what ten times as big means? How many yeshivas there would be? How many chassidim there would be? There would be 20 satmar rebbes. There would be 160 spinker rebbes. <laughs> and it's unbelievable. You know how many chassidim there would be? I mean, literally, we would have 20 million, 30 million yidin around. So Yitzchak wanted to save Esav. How am I going to do it? So he thought of an idea, because nothing else is going to work. I'm going to give him my money. And if he sees that I love him, even though I should hate him, but he sees, no, I do love you, maybe then he'll do tshuva. So this is my chance to save my child. Let's say chas v'shalom parents have a million dollars in their savings account, and they have a son, Nebuch, that has cancer. They have ten other kids. And, and they can do a surgery to cure the kid, maybe cure the kid of cancer. Are they going to give the million dollars? Just to one kid? Avada. They tell the other kids, I'm really sorry. It's not a choice. I would like to give you each $100,000 to each of my 10 kids, but I have to use it all for this kid because Nebuchadnezzar dying. So Yitzchak understood that Esav is dying forever. I want to win back Esav for Eilam Haba, for Nitzchius, and for all of his diaries. How am I going to save my kid? I'll give him money. If I give him money, maybe he'll do chiva and he'll come back. Fine. So how much should you give? What do you mean, how much should I give? I'll give everything. Why would I ever not give as much as I could to save my kid? That's what the Archaim Kudosh says. That there's only one way to save Esau would have been, you give him all the money in the world. And you give him everything. Maybe he'll realize how special, how much he has covered this, how much you love him. That could have turned around Esau. Says the Archaim Kudosh, maybe it would have worked. We'll never know. Yaakov stole the bruchas. Psh. It could be it would have worked. It could be that if your parents take all the money and give it to your brother, to your sister, and say, here's everything we have, that's how much we love you, maybe that will heal. The zuya trufa hayechida, we learned from Rebbe Gersh Nadelstein. The only medicine. You could say, no, we got to make this and be merachik, and we have to tell her you can't walk in like the house like this, and you can't do this, and you can't bring chometz in, and you can't all fine and dandy. That's not the medicine. The medicine is trufa The medicine is tremendous ava. We want these kids to feel completely accepted. And we have to work on ourselves to be like him. You're only 10 years old, but you're a leader. You're a hero in Klal Yisrael. I'm going to sell my Yiddish guide for a television? Did you just say that? We should put your picture, and I want to quote you, I want it like I have all the big rabbis, all the rabbis on there, and a quote, I want to put you up there. I'm not going to sell my, Baruch Hashem, a healthy person. I'm not selling my Yiddish guide for a television. You, you tell your parents, Tati, Mommy, I'm so proud of you. Do whatever you want to do to save my brother, to pull him out of Shaltat. Do whatever you need to do. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about the Yiddish. Don't worry about it. Hashem will take care of me. I don't need anything. Take care of my brother. Pesach, you want to make a seder this way, that way? I don't care about anything. Take care of my sister, because every one of these kids could be saved. We have almost 100 kids today who are Shem from the parents who came to me five, six years ago. It takes time, but they come back. We have almost 100. And that's our job, to try. To try. Rechuk is poison. Rechuk is that they feel unaccepted. It's poison. You're going over to somebody who's shvach and is disconnected, and you're putting poison, and he's going to die. And Kirov, Levavos, 
means I just like you. That's what brings them back over time. But it's a very long process. We need a lot, a lot of patience, and we have to work on ourselves, and that's why we have groups for the boys. Because you're right. If you stamaza, you take a family, and you don't explain anything to the kids, and you're not mechazik the kids, and you put in a television, in a family that doesn't have one, or whatever it is in the family, right? Then the family's going to get very confused. So that's why these groups are so important that you should not be confused. It's not confusing. You are Baruch Hashem healthy, and if you're healthy... Guess what word you're going to hear from your parents? What's a word that healthy kids hear from their parents? No. You're right. No. And when you hear a no, you say, Baruch Hashem, it means I'm still healthy. I'm normal. Okay? Your sick brother, your sick sister, they can't hear the word no. Because no is only supposed to be there to help you if you're normal. Not to push you down or not to make you worse. They can't, kips cannot handle the word no. So they don't hear the word no. So you're going to be jealous. Uh, I want to go to sleep at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I want to not go to school. And I want to fall apart. And I want to eat treif, and I wa- No, I don't. I want to be normal. I want to be healthy. Mommy, Tati, Daddy, please, Abba, please tell me no. That's how I'll know that I'm normal. Please. That means I'm normal. Don't always have to say yes to me. I like it. Tati, can I go, da, 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 da. can I spend a minute? No. Thank you. I'm normal. Shh. Okay? But it's hard. You have to not, you have to learn how to fargin. How do you say fargin in English? There's no word. You have to just be okay. There's no word for it. Fargin. Fargin stand him. Fargin. Fargin him. You have to be okay. Yeah, you're spending time on her. You're spending, you know what? She needs it. In this group before we had a girl Four years ago, that girl was 12 years old, and the story happened before Shoshana. The parents told her, we're going to be going with your sister who's 16. We're going with you and your sister to, to Babi and Zaidi before Shoshana, and they're going to give her a lot of gifts and a lot of love. And the 12-year-old girl, she told her parents, now she's 16, she just repeated the story. At 12 years old, she told her parents, it's okay, she needs it. Say, thank you, Hashem, I don't need it. I have a life, I have Hashem, I have Yiddishkeit, I have normal life. I don't need this crazy behavior. If you ever needed it, your parents would give it to you. It's medicine. And you should get it. If you need it, you should get it. We give chemotherapy for people with cancer. Don't be jealous. But you know what? They take kids with cancer and they go to Disney World. So, ooh, I want to go to Disney World. So you're going to go on the plane. I have cancer? No. Don't even talk like that. You want, you want Disney World, but you want healthy life. So we always have to remember that Hashem gave us this Nisoy and this challenge in our family. And it hurts us a lot. And we're embarrassed a lot. It's very embarrassing. Especially in Monroe. It's very embarrassing. You have to be strong. It's a Nisoyan. It's a Nisoyan. Am I going to turn my back on my brother? Am I going to hate my brother? Am I going to hate my sister? Am I going to push them away and cause them to be off the derech longer and have more pain and more dysfunction and more averis, which were over lifneiver? Or am I going to say, it's okay, I'm going to focus on my own Yiddishkeit and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to be me... It's, it's more than just to do be mekarev. It's more than mekarev. To make them feel comfortable at home and not to use my Yiddishkeit to hurt somebody. I, I, I sent out uh, uh, our speech in Yiddish of a brother, one of the frumest 
a real Erlich Chasidish boy, and he had a sister that was looking mamish, not dressed properly at all, and completely off, and he spoke for an hour. He went to the Kala Rebbe a few times. And the Kala Rebbe told him what to do, to dance with her, and don't use your frunkite that you can't look at her, and to talk or demand the gitatzat and talk about growing up, how close you were, and to keep that kesha. And he did it. He's so from he doesn't look at a mirror, right? Doesn't look at a spiegel even for, for when he was getting his bekesha for his wedding. He didn't look at the mirror. He's really erluch, but he took his daughter, his sister out in the middle of his mitzvah tans. He called her out to the hallway. He said, "It's not fair. I have a mitzvah tans with everybody. I want to have one with you." And he danced with her. And then the parents came out, and then the grandparents, and I have a video in the hallway of him dancing with his Kip sister. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't, isn't that beautiful? We get it. When a kid is in a wheelchair, we know how to do that. If a girl's in a wheelchair, the chusim would go over to, if, uh, to a brother in a wheelchair and would say, I want to give you also, or to a Down syndrome child, or to a Hask child, a brother, right? You would go over and you would say, wow, that's so beautiful, the chusim. He was dancing with his brothers, and then afterwards he went over to the Down Syndrome brother and he said, oh, I want to give you a mitzvah dance. Beautiful. This is also beautiful. It's beautiful. He took his sister by the hands, he danced with her, he made her feel like a million bucks. Remember, it doesn't take a million bucks to make someone feel like a million bucks. So we all know that there's a concept in the Torah, Vinosni. When you give tztuka, you don't lose out. Not only you help people, but you also get back. You give, you get back. Ramayisha Feinstein said a chiddush. It's not just with money. He said it's with time. You have to give meiser from your time. Ten percent of your time, you have to help people with. Azayishtayt from Ramayisha Feinstein. And the same way that you get back money, you don't lose the money, you get back the time also. Hashem can make you waste time or a person goes to the doctor or, or his learning is not geschmack or his chavrusa doesn't come. He could say, don't worry about the time. You'll get it back from Hashem. But you have to give 10% of your time to help people and you get back 10% of your time. I want to be mechadish to you that you also have to give maizah from your smiles. You have a happy life? Every 10 smiles that Hashem gives you, that you smile, give one to someone who needs it. And the same vert, the nasni. You think you're losing a smile? You're not losing a smile. Hashem will give you back the smile, right? And that's very important. Your brother and sister living at home are in pain. They're miserable. They look like, yeah, I, I work out, I have a car, I, I, I'm, I'm cool, I'm this. It's mamish tzibrachen. Mamish, inside, he's in pain. And we have to give love and smile and fagin and bimavata. You know what bimavata means? You go in the front, it's okay. He went in the front already 30 times. It's your turn already. It's okay, you go in the front. It's okay, you can go. Mommy and Tati are looking, oh, we were going to take him out, but you need to go. Take him out. And when you do that, then you're going to use these years of pain that you have, of embarrassment, to grow. And you're going to have a better wife, better marriage, better children, because you could be Mavata. You're going to need nothing. And it's kind of like Hashem is putting you in a, in a kind of a, a growth system that if you use it, like Yedin the sign is a sign. The sign is a block, a stumbling block. Is, is, and the sign is a, is a stone. Some people trip on it, and some people step on it. And they get higher. So you have to use it. It's an assign. You have to daven a lot for your kip, brother, sister, for your parents. You have to realize that your parents are unbelievable because why are you jealous of what they're doing for your brother? You realize that Khalil, if you needed it, they would do it for you also.
Right? You tell your parents, wow, they're spending so much time and money on your sister. But you know, if you needed something, you know you can rely on your parents. And you should tell your parents, because they're in a lot of pain also. They say, Tati, Mommy, Abba, Father, whatever you call them, Mom, Pop. Say, thank you so much for taking care of my sister, my brother. I really appreciate it. Because I know that that's how you would take care of me. And that's beautiful. And it's true. Some people get so, oh, she spent $5,000 on her. You spent that. It would have been you. How much do braces cost? Anybody know? What do braces cost? $5,000. So imagine that your brother gets braces and you're going to go to your parents. You're going to complain. Hey, it's not fair. You spent $5,000. I want $5,000. No, the money goes for health, for braces. This is the stuff. This is the money that they're spending is only because this is the medicine for them. They want their kids to be healthy. So you have to learn how to say, no, it's okay, I don't need it, I don't need it, I'm fine. But you are the people that Klali Yisrael is so worried about. So wor- Every, You know how many rabbis are worried about you? How old are you? Fourteen. Fourteen. You, know how many ra- you have a hundred rabbis worried about you right now. Really. Every rabbi in the world, every rabbi, every dying is saying, you can't let this stuff in the house because... You're going to want to be like, you want to be like your brother? You want to drop out of school? Why not? Think about it. If you drop out of school now, I can get your parents to buy you a TV by tonight. Okay, I'll throw in an iPhone. Quickly, I'll throw in an iPad and 12 (laughs) Jinsu knives. (laughs) Sign up now. Why don't you want to be dysfunctional? You don't have to go to school tomorrow. Why do you want to get up tomorrow for school? You could sleep a whole day. You want to sleep a whole day? I do. Sounds good. So, sleep a whole day. By tomorrow night you have a TV. Deal? You can't, you can't become dysfunctional. Nobody wants to be that kid. Nobody wants to be that kid suffering. Do you believe that your brother is in pain? How do you know? From 1 to 100... A hundred being the most. How secure are you that he's in pain? hundred. hundred. Okay. How about you? Do you? Does your brother seem to you like he's in pain? How old are you? Ten. Does your brother look to you like he's in pain or he's having a good time? Pain? How do you know? So it's interesting is, the families that they're fighting with their brothers and sisters, they won't say that. They think they're lahachis and they have a good time, they're Sahara and, and whatever. But the families that are doing TP and there's no fighting, you have time to look at this kid and say, once because once they stop fighting and there's no lahachis, like what are you doing? You you just you're nothing. You just took a life, and you're just you have no future. It's so sad. How old are you in the back? Eleven. You have a brother or a sister in pain. A brother. How old is he? 22. Okay. Do, do you think he's having a good time or do you think that he's in pain? Don't just say it because that's the right answer. You already know the right answer. What do you think? You think he's in pain? How do you know that he's struggling? What are the signs to know that your brother or sister, that your kip, is in pain? How do you know? They're different. So everybody who's different is in pain? A certain way. Certain ways. It's hard to describe. How, how are they out different? Of the hmm? Out of the box. Out of the box. Out of society. 
dysfunctional, right? Your sister was working a little bit. She, she, she's not working. How do you, how are you 26 years old or whatever, and you have two kids, and you don't work, and you don't... Kip Yisrael. It's like a new Pasuk. Right? They don't sleep, they don't eat, they don't... Like, they're just not healthy. They're not healthy. Right. So it helps if you realize that they're not healthy. If they look weird or look whatever, sometimes it's very hard to know. Right? Your brother looks to me like he's a very cool guy and he's working out and he's tall. How do you know he's in pain? You think he's in pain or he's having a good time? Pain. From one to a hundred, how much pain? hundred. Okay. So that's part of the training that we have here that when you really see pain, you don't want to be like them. Now, some of you understand why they're in pain. Some of you don't. It doesn't really matter. The main thing is that you're not looking down at them. You're davening for them. You're davening for them. Hashem, Rifa Enu, please help get my brother, my sister out of pain. Please help my parents that they shouldn't be in pain. It's very painful stuff for your parents. And it's painful for you too. So we have to use this as an opportunity to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. We have to say, Hashem, okay, what do you want from me? I'm going to work on Midas, Tavis, Farginning, Mavater, Emina, Bituchin. I'm just going to be good. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try to daven to Hashem. Those are all the things I'm doing that's all positive. The other people, what do they do? They fight. They talk Lashon Hara. All of a sudden, there's no Lashon Hara. The families that are fighting with them, with the kids, they're all Lashon Hara heals the whole day. The whole family. He went here, she did this. How come he did that? And that. Fighting, anger, kas. Anger is like Avedizar. All of a sudden, anger is okay. You know, every Aveir in the world is okay. We don't have that. Calm, happy. When your parents are in pain, you tell your parents, Tati, it's okay, calm down. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Most of these kids come back. Trufa Hayechida, the Rav said. We have the medicine. I'll show you pictures if you want afterwards of so many kids who today are Shemitari Mitzvahs. They came back and, and they want to be like their families. So far, every TP kid who got married got married from. So we got to try. Will we be successful 100%? I believe so. Because the Baal Shem Tev said what the medicine is. The Baal Shem said love. He said love. Chazanish said love. Everybody said love. You don't find any Svarim that say, you know what you should do? Throw her out of the house. That'll teach her a lesson. The people saying that are small-minded people who don't know, not the Torah, and they don't know how to make things work. They don't know how to help. So we're doing what we believe is what the Ebishter wants. If you need chizuk, you should go to your rabbis, you should go to your rabbonim to get chizuk. It's okay to need chizuk. You can call me. I try to do this every once in a while. You're going through a very difficult time. That's for a long time. It can go for five years. It's a long time. You're growing up with a funny situation that you did not ask for. Guess what? Your parents also didn't ask for it. Guess what? The kip also didn't ask for it. Nobody asked for this. So it's embarrassing. You shouldn't be embarrassed. You should walk with your head up high. You say, Hashem, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I walk with my head up high. It shouldn't bother you at all. Your brother has a sports car in Monroe. doesn't have anything to do with you. Medicine. If somebody asks you, do they chaper you? No? Sometimes they chaper you? Tell them, listen, the Baal Shem Tev said, the medicine is love. I can show you, if you tell, I'll send you the Vart and the Baal Shem Tev. 
My family is doing what the Baal Shem Tov wants. What do you want from us? Doing the, following the Baal Shem Tov. Adam Kasha, Shiyatsu Banav Latar Bisrai Sulikfira, Vitsiva Habal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov commanded them, That's what we're trying to do. A little this way, a little that way, fine, but that's the Mahalach. She gave them so much love, and you're going to see slowly, Ba'ezus Hashem, over time, they become more normal. You get, it takes time. And then they get healthy. So I want to explain the way it works. In the beginning, there's something that started this whole problem to begin with, like a stabbing, like they got stabbed, whether they were bullied or whether they were traumatized or abused. Something started this. That's like a knife inside of them, right? Now that knife is still there. Now what usually happens is the parents scream and yell and fight and argue with the kid. And then the kid has a whole new set of problems. The first problem made him dysfunctional, that he can't be normal. But now he has a whole new set of problems. I'm homeless, my parents hate me, my brothers hate me, my sisters hate me, I don't feel comfortable at home, everybody in my community thinks I'm a bum. There's a whole new set of problems. Takes sometimes three, four years. Then they go for help. What are they spending time and help to, to deal with? All these new problems that we gave them. That my family hates me and that my brothers hate me. <coughs> That's what they do in therapy for two, three, four, five years. Then, after they get past that, they go to work back you know, on that first original problem. So what are we doing? They're acting with sugar because of something that happened to them. That's for sure. They have issues. Even if you think nothing happened to them, but now they ruined their life, so now they have a big problem. We are not going to add any more problems. We're not adding on that your parents hate you and your family hates you and your brother can't look at you and your, your sister can't look at you and everybody thinks you're a bum and the community hates you. We gain nothing. Doesn't accomplish anything to add all those problems. So then we cut out all of that. A couple of years goes by, they go to therapy. But here's the Chiddush. In therapy, you know what they're not discussing? All those problems that they don't have. The therapists tell me, they say, Avi, I love it when your kids, right, Kips, when they come to therapy, I know right away. Because how, how's it going at home? Fine, great, love my parents. They know right away that the parents came to me. What do you mean? Chesidosh family or yeshivish from family, and you're not from, and everything's fine? Well, how can it be? Okay? So they know that they're right away, I get those clothes. Oh, we got one of your kids came in for therapy. They're not allowed to say who. But, you know, right away they know, they know my gut. I love my family. Really? Yeah, this mini skirt over here, my, my, mom, my father, my tati bought it for me. And my, my piercings, I went with my mommy. And my tongue ring, my brother. Right? And I, uh, really, no problems with family. So what happens is you save time the next three, four years in therapy. They don't have to talk about all of that. They can talk about their problems. And not only are you not part of the problem, you're the support system. These kids who have real problems, they go 10 years later to the therapy, they have no support. They have no support to deal with their issues. This kid goes in strong. I have a mother, I have a father, I have brothers, I have sisters, I have family that loves me, that cares for me, that's been there for me through all. I want to fight for my life. And that gives them a better chance in therapy to try to take out the knife that started this all a long, long time ago. Now the real sad part is that we don't really know how to get rid of that knife. Therapy doesn't always work. There's new kinds of therapy, EMDR, somatic experiencing. But it, halavai, the professionals knew how to heal. 
Because we're giving them the best chance. We're giving them a patient without any other problems. Just waking up four, five, or six years later and saying, hey, I'm dysfunctional and I have nobody to blame. And I, I love my family and I'm home. And I get my, my feet massaged every morning. And I get breakfast at 4 p.m. And I get steak at 3 a.m. And everybody loves me and thinks I'm the best. What is wrong with me? When am I going to be normal? That's what happens. That's our kids. They wake up. Now, I wish that it would be, okay, we know how to heal you. The problem is that the therapy world doesn't really know how to help so much all kinds of situations. But that's our job. And every bit of rechuk that we do doesn't accomplish anything. It just doesn't help anything. Okay. Fine. So any questions? Any questions before we end tonight's program? Thank you for coming, first of all. I hope it's a chizik for you. You got to keep your mind straight. You got to keep your mind focused, not to get pulled into this craziness. You got to keep your head above. You got to realize, give it a couple of years, you'll see. You'll see that the family gets nothing by being involved in the arguing and the fighting and the rechuk. You don't accomplish anything. And if you don't accomplish anything, then you're also making things worse because you're losing this giving, taking away support, and it doesn't work. Okay. If you ever need anything, you know how to reach me. You reach out to me, 100%. Okay. So I want to end with this. The Ber Maim Chaim wrote a book, The Sedir Shal Shabbos. He was a very holy man. And he had a son, Kalman, who was Mechal Shabbos Beferhasir. And his Chasidim asked him, Rebbe, why are you so nice to him? Because all he would do is be nice to him and give him toy v'chesed. And he answered him, he said, every morning I say this tefillah. And he twisted Hashem's arm. He says, look Hashem, I have a son who's not listening to me and I give him good. So you, Hashem, even if you have kids that are not listening to you, you should give them good. It's such a powerful tefillah because there's no answer to it. Because Hashem's going to say, no, they don't, they don't deserve it. The whole idea is, you don't need to deserve it, right? Where else do we see such a tefillah? So you guys are like amazing because you're siblings in this world. Who's in the Torah, the big, most famous sibling who gave up for their sister? Hmm? Yeah, Rachel Imenu. She gave up for her sister. She didn't have to. And it says at the end of time, Hashem will say, okay, Rachel, you win. Why? Because everyone else is trying to work with schusim. And if you don't deserve Mashiach, you don't get Mashiach. Rachel says, Hashem, what's the difference if they don't deserve it? I didn't have to give my sister what I... I didn't... It, it, it didn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. There's no answer to that. So you guys are able to say to Hashem, to daven for Klal Yisrael, Listen, this kid, this brother of mine that you gave me, this sister of mine that you gave me, it bothers, she bothers me, she's not sneers, he bothers me, and he plays his music loud, and it stares me, and I can't sleep at night, and my parents are wasting time and money that should have come to me is going to her. You have all the excuses in the world. And you say, no, you know what? I don't care. I'm there for my sibling no matter what. And therefore, you have a kaya chatvila, mom is stronger than anyone in Kali Israel. Say, Hashem, if I can do it, then you can do it. If I could say, I don't care what's right, this is my relative, and I'm going to take care of my relative, then Hashem, we are your relatives. Take care of Klal Yisrael. It's like that. So you have a tremendous guy, Chatvila. So we're going to say it together out loud, the Kol Ram, and we're going to bust through the, the, the ceiling. We're going to ask Hashem, there's so many people in Klal Yisrael that need Rafis and Yeshias and all kinds of stuff. And together we're going to ask Hashem that if we can do it, if we can be nice to someone who doesn't deserve it, right? then Hashem, you could also be nice to people who don't deserve it. We'll say, 
okay, with my sibling. The next three lists from the Chazanish, we should say, you say the, your sister or brother's name and your mother's name, like a Chayla, that they should do Tshuva. It's not actually, by the way, I just want to tell you, it's not mamish to do tshuva. You know, the, their problem is not Yiddishkeit. The problem is chayle nefesh. That's why it's important to daven for them by rifa'enu. It's not by atachoyne, not by hashivenu. You could daven by both, but rifa'enu is really where the issue is. They have a, 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 a rifa'enu, they, have, they need a Yeshua, they need a rifua, rifua shalema. I had a parent that came to me um, about a year ago, eight months ago, and they went to Reb Chaim Kanievsky for a, a bracha. And Reb Chaim said, Rafua shalema. So they told Reb Chaim, thank you very much, but we want him to become frum. What about as Zan and El Chayid? Reb Chaim didn't even agree. He said, Das is Rafuas, Das is Chaylei Nefesh. Rafuas HaNefesh or Rafuas HaGuf. He said, this is not a problem of Yiddishkeit. And then he didn't even, the kids, Mechal Shabbos. He didn't say, oh, and also he should become frum. There's no frum problem. That's what Reb Chaim said. He's already a few years Mechal Shabbos. He said, it's Chayla Nefesh. If you go to the hospital, you see sick people there. You daven for them to have Rufu Shalema and they should do Tshuva? No. They're not, just because they're, they're not functioning because they're sick. It's unbelievable. He didn't say Rufu Nefesh and Rufu Neshama or whatever. He said they should be healthy. Don't worry about the Yiddishkeit. So that's unbelievable. But we're davening for them to have Rufu Shalema. This is a beautiful tefillah. If you read the English, it's mamish amazing. Thank you very much for coming.